This is episode number seventy-six. What makes a great leader? With Brooke Errol. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement regarding our upcoming events in New York City, Washington, D.C., and San Diego, California. These are three events during which you'll get a chance to hear from speakers from all over the country on topics such as turning your pain into your most powerful message, the courage to be you, and flourishing beyond your circumstances. In addition to hearing these powerful stories, you'll also get a chance to interact with others within the attendance who are going through a similar transformation that you are. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guests. I asked, are we all capable of being leaders? She said, from what I've experienced, I have to say yes and no. Yes, because we definitely have the potential to be good leaders, all of us, no matter where we are born or who our families are or our circumstances are. We have that ability. And when I say leaders, it has nothing to do with positions within organizations or our titles or where we are in our lives. I also say no because not all people have this drive to be who they exactly are and using their full potential. When you have so many self-limiting beliefs that make you feel not worthy, not deserving, that hinders you from being the type of person and leader you can be. Do you consider yourself a leader? If so, why? Without further ado, please welcome Brooke Errol. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads podcast. Today's guest is a friend of mine who I was introduced to by Brian Kelly, a mutual friend of ours a couple of weeks ago. Her name is Brooke Errol. She's a speaker, author, and a consultant who believes in living a purpose-driven life. Brooke, welcome to the show. Well, hi, Well, Thanks for having me. Great to be here today. Absolutely, absolutely. I had recently read a post that you posted. I, I believe it was on LinkedIn, and it was actually earlier today. And it was talking a little bit about um, purpose and the leader that you've, you know, developed yourself into and raising some very interesting questions. And I remember as I was reading through it, a question that came to mind, which relates directly to the episode that we're having today, and that is um, about leadership. You know, I mm-hmm. think we, we live in a world in um, today's day and age where oftentimes we tend to think of leaders of those who are in certain positions such as CEOs, vice presidents, um, and other roles within companies. But I've always believed that we, as humans, every single one of us, 
is a leader within their own capacity. Mm-hmm. So the way that I wanted to start off this conversation is, are we all capable of being leaders? Good question. And there's many different answers. No, there's no right answer. But what, from what I have experienced, I would have an answer yes and no. Mm-hmm. And I explain why. Yes, is because we definitely have the potential to be good leaders in all of us. No matter where we're born, who our families is, what our circumstances are, we have that ability. And I, when I say leaders, I take it as, as exactly as you have described, nothing to do with positions mm-hmm. or our titles or where we are in our lives. It could be like we, you and I were talking about it before, like it could be our family, our community, our nonprofits. Are like the business that we own, so it has nothing to do with titles, in my opinion. So that's why I feel like if we work on it and if we learn what the leadership looks like in mm-hmm. this sense, there's a potential and capability in all of us. But why do I also say no to the answer? Because not all people, unfortunately, have this drive to be who they exactly are, and they're not always using their potential and they have lots of limiting beliefs. So that has been my experience. Mm. So when you have so many beliefs that makes you not so worthy, not deserving, not belonging, that hinders you from being the type of leader you can. So I always believe, and I have experienced this so many times, that if you're doing to do the self-work so that you are more self-aware mm-hmm. and understand how a human being functions wherever you are born in this world then we all have the potential what would everybody will be a good leader in my definition of a good leader no mm-hmm. how so, do yes you, and no. <laughs> uh, how do you define a leader so the leader is someone first of all to me the milestone the biggest thing is to start with yourself if you have never worked on yourself and if you haven't been the most lucky person on earth who where you're brought up and raised with lots of consciousness around you, mm-hmm. and most of us are not that way, then in, uh, be, unless you do your self-work, understand who you are in your essence without the titles, where you're born, your circumstances, understand your strengths, what you bring to this world, what your gifts are, and what your weaknesses are so that you can work on them, you can't be the best kind of leader. You really have to tap into your potential and understand yourself first before you can become a leader. And in my definition of being a leader, it's somebody who, where people follow them just willingly and with Mm -hmm. their hearts and their souls just because of who they are. It's not because of their titles, their wealth, or their money, or where they're coming from. It's really people want to follow you because you take them into a better place. You uplift those people. You make them feel like they're valuable and not just to fool them, but because that's exactly what you believe, that everybody is a gift to this world and Mm -hmm. everybody deserves the best, no matter what their circumstances were. So... I mean, there's so much to say, and I can't say it in a one clear sentence, but it's really just the simplest way is somebody that people love to follow and get inspired from and and has nothing to do with their titles. I love that point for so many reasons. I think the first one that comes to mind is I have someone that 
over over the years have very have become very conscious of the actions that I take and you know as part of it I always try and on a daily basis at least do one one thing that I'm most afraid of mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. it's one of the best ways to develop self-confidence and self-esteem that you really can exceed the limitations that you put on yourself um, there's a great book that I don't know if you've had a chance to come across yet it's called The Art of Possibility yes mm-hmm. it's a beautiful yeah. read and the uh-huh. very first chapter I actually ended up um, drawing the um, square on my whiteboard right in front uh-huh. of my bed uh-huh. And for those that don't know what the exercise is, it says to connect all of the dots with four lines without lifting your pen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I started, I started to color inside the box. And I, mm-hmm. and I wondered, why is it not working out? Yeah. Why am yeah. I not able to connect it? Yeah. And the later on when I read through the chapter and it said, the reason why you were not able to is because you're thinking within the box. Just expand mm-hmm. the box and new yeah. opportunities will open. And so I started to approach my life with that type of mindset. And, you know, as, as part of what you just mentioned of constantly working on yourself, I think another important aspect for every leader to do is to be able to show the growth mm-hmm. of how much you're actually progressing through each one of the stages. Mm-hmm. Because I think, in, in, especially in today's world, we there's a tendency to see the end results. Mm-hmm. They see the milestones, the achievements, the trophies, the, the money, the fancy cars. But... The work in between gets lost. Exactly the journey, as you say it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it becomes yeah, there's it, a lot of, it becomes yeah. difficult to yeah. determine like how much work does that actually require? Does it require any work to begin with? When all yeah. you see is the end result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like then you like you said, you just miss the journey, and there's so much to learn and to enjoy, and that's why it's always for like when I look into the happiness and I taking a lot of courses on that that's one thing like everybody wants to be happy but mm-hmm. like the, the when they look at the three levels of that happiness what you're also mentioning makes me think of that the lowest level of happiness is like only for a second you mm-hmm. achieve something there's always something more there's always something more we don't even get to celebrate it so it's not a sustainable form of happiness just like for a very short amount of time you achieve something, there's always next and next. So, and that's why I got into the purpose work. One of the reasons why I got into purpose work is because of that. Because mm-hmm. when you have a meaning in your life, something that you wake up every day, that is the most sustainable happiness. Because you have the ups and downs. It doesn't mean you're happy all the time, but you're working for something bigger than yourself. And it gives some meaning to you in your life every single day. So... Anyways, have, have you yeah. always followed this track or did you have to no, switch tracks not, and yeah, become more purpose driven oriented? And if so, yes. can you can you take us through that journey? Sure. So first of all, I was very lucky, privileged to like be born in a family who's very intellectual, very scientific mind, not so much of a spiritual part to it. But then I was given the formula that many people are given, just like very linear, right? You go to school, get good grades, go to a good college, and then go into a job and live there forever, by the way. At my time, that was the way, right? People work for the same job 20, 30 years, retire. Okay. So I did follow the formula and did get into a good job. My first job was at IBM and felt good. I was making good money, good environment, good office. 
but something in me started to ask, okay, is this what you want to do with the rest of your life? Because at the time, careers were really for a lifespan. Mm -hmm. So that really forced me to think. And I said, like, okay, what is my purpose here? Really? That's why I'm a purpose person, I think, because that was my first question to myself. And nobody was talking about that at the time. Like, I was the weird one to even ask this to myself. And I had to find my purpose at that job, not because the company was talking about it. I had to find it for my own good. Okay, I'm selling technology to my clients so that they can serve their clients better. Okay, that made a little bit of a difference for me. It's not my daily task, mundane task that I do every day. I do it for a good purpose to serve my clients because they want to serve their own clients in the best way, right? Mm -hmm. But then the second question that came up for me is like, okay, is this really what you're interested in doing in this world? And the answer was definitely no. So then that started the whole journey. Okay, it's not what I want to do. I knew that wasn't it, but I had no idea what it was going to be. But the only voice that in me that always said was like, I wanted to make a difference in people's daily lives. So something that makes their lives more positive. I had no idea what it's going to be. So it took me years before I quit that job, which Mm -hmm. was really very, very unusual at the time to leave your job without finding what the next one is and leaving a job that pays you well gives you lots of good identities oh my god i'm like an ibm or whatever mm-hmm. so and when i left it i it was and i also left my country to come and live in the united states so i left everything i knew everything that was given to me and start from scratch which forced me to even think more, dig big, like dig deeper inside of me. Okay, who am I without all mm-hmm. these things, right? I am not an IBMer anymore. I'm not with my family who gave me so much anymore. And even with like credit cards and everything, they really make you start from scratch here. They don't even care if you have used yeah. the Visa and American Express for 20 years to come. They say, okay, you're nobody here. Start over. So all of that really forced me to look who I am in essence without any of my identities that I picked up over the years. So I did a lot of self-work, which Mm -hmm. I love to do. Um, So that made me even think more, okay, what's my purpose? What should be my next job? And I always have to make money. So I still stayed in marketing and did those professional jobs. But at the end, I always question, okay, am I aligned with what I do? And some career counselor and a coach asked me the same questions. What do you really, really would love to do? And I did not ask that until then, probably, in that sense, which I didn't feel like it's a luxury to ask because where I was born, it was a luxury to ask that question. Mm. It's all that's like, okay, you have to make money and work could be like equal to suffering. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. That's work. And otherwise, you do a good job with the rest of your life. And I'm saying, oh, my God, I'm spending 40, 50 hours here at work. I'm going to hate that and hate all my Mondays and live for my weekends. Not possible for me. So, it, I mean, to cut it short, like that question that my career counselor asked me and did a lot of assessments with me to find my gifts, my strengths, what I love to do, who do I admire, who do I want to be with look like who are my people that I really admire in my life forced me to think what I want to do. And I said, okay, this is exactly what I want to do for other people. 
there's so many people suffering at work, just like I did, and maybe even worse. Mm -hmm. How can I help them to find what their gifts are? How can I help them find their purpose in life and hopefully even make that part of their work life? Mm-hmm. So that it's not separated, it's a whole thing, like bringing the, their whole selves to work. So, and then that led to me, like, um, led me to see these people, amazing people, lots of potential, but they're suffering at work, which made me have another question. Okay, why do these people suffer? There's so many of us in the world. Mm-hmm. What? What makes these workplaces so horrible that so many people are suffering and being sick even physically? And that's what got me into leadership because then I found out the common thing that I've seen in companies who do a good job were good leaders and companies who had a purpose beyond profit. It Mm. wasn't what they stand for. What they stand for was not maximizing profit, but they wanted to good in the world. They wanted to good for their people. So I found out leadership and purpose are two big factors that made those companies very special. Mm-hmm. So I answered in a very long way, but that was kind of my journey, really. How much of your environment would you say shifted or changed entirely when you chose to pursue this route instead of going the traditional you know, route of keeping a job and keeping your mouth shut and making the paycheck instead you chose to go the other route and that is starting from nothing once again yeah. and then uh-huh. building yourself up like how much how much of the environment that you had as far as core friends maybe unique parents and family members that you noticed um have a different opinion of you when you made that yeah. choice so much i mean there's so much skepticism and the things that we discuss here and on linkedin and a lot of platforms right now was not the case when I did make this decision, mm-hmm. especially to leave a job that really pays you well and everybody wants to be there, whatever. So I was, I'm very lucky that I have a very supportive husband. So that's a big deal. So I, that was my luck. But about, like besides him, there were lots of skepticism, lots of questions. And everybody asked me the question, okay, how did you do that? Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And they always expected a very linear and very rational answer. And I didn't have a rational answer that would satisfy them. If I had the wisdom I have today, I would have never even tried to answer their questions because I didn't have a good one that was satisfying their conventional wisdom. Mm-hmm. I, I was not thinking that way. I wasn't feeling that way. So that was hard, I should say. It wasn't easy, like, just go on my journey and don't listen to anybody. So it just makes your life definitely harder. But at the same time, you know inside of you that's the path you have to take. There's no questioning inside of you. It's just the outside world doesn't accept you. Um, so my whole, like, network of people that I know today, which mm-hmm. I'm so lucky to have, is was is totally 100% different than who I had at the time. Did I lose some friends? No, my core friends are still there, very supportive, but there's so many of them who would not understand what I had to go through and why I chose this path to this day. My parents are supportive, but they still don't understand, and it's hard for them to see why I would choose a harder path than the one that they gave me. So. Mm-hmm. I like that for so many reasons. I think the first one being is 
the fact that you did make your own choice and you took ownership of your decision. Mm-hmm. You know, as part of that, what I've learned throughout life, the very short time that I have been on this planet, and that is, I think oftentimes it's, um, we get caught in positions where we are almost having to justify to our networks yes. for why we make certain decisions. And, and, and some of them you just can't explain besides exactly. the fact that it was a feeling, it was a thought. Um, yes. It was a thought that happened uh, numerous times over a course of many years. And finally, you just decided to pull the trigger and you did it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as, as part of that, what I've learned is in embracing your identity and accepting who you have become, you just have to get to a point where you feel comfortable with who you are. Mm-hmm. You're not obligated to tell other people why exactly. you have made certain decisions in your life. Yep. It is your life to live with at the end of the day. Yes. Very true. And I think, I don't think, I believe 100%, we have an unbelievable inner wisdom about our bodies, our physical self, our soul, our hearts. It always tells us what we need to do. We just are not living in a world where we get to listen to that. That's not how I was raised, at least. There's Mm -hmm. very, like, some amount, like, some people are very lucky that they live and they are born with that consciousness inside in around them but most of us are not so then you start to get back to like who you are and you're very young but like when you are living in this path that it's given to you which might not be the ideal path for you mm-hmm. and then you live in there for so long and then you have you try to get back to your real essence it takes time to get back again but that's where our origins are we have this inner wisdom that tells us what we need to do with our lives what are even our purposes even when we get sick how to heal ourselves we have that amazing wisdom which we don't use so Mm. that's why you are trying to get back to listening to yourself more listening to your intuition more because you were only at least for my in my case i was only told to use my mind my left brain especially Mm -hmm. which doesn't work so well in many cases i have seen Mm -hmm. are there any books or people that you follow in particular that you would describe as influencers who have helped to shape the mindset that you have today yes a lot so i'm sure i can't list them all but a couple that i think immediately like michael singer's unfettered soul is amazing and eckhart tolle's book like a new earth is like life-changing book for me Mm -hmm. and then the War of Art from Stephen mm. Pressfield. That's a good one. That, that was really actually what made me like stop procrastinating and write my first book. And, and it's just like the shortest way to explain why we do what we do and how we stop ourselves when we can use the best genius in us with the world and share it. So those are three that three or four that comes up to my mouth, but I have read so many and I'm I'm a big reader hmm. since I was six, seven years old. So there's hundreds and hundreds of books that that impact me, I'm sure. But That's those incredible. are the main ones. And of course now I'm mostly in the leadership space and just like questioning the same things like you do, who can become a leader? Why? What does a good leader look like in our times, which is very different than twenty years mm-hmm. ago. How did we get here? Mm-hmm. So there's amazing books about that too. But one that I can mention right away is Reinventing Organizations. That is like out of this world book for me about leadership and why 
we got to this place where we are right now and what we should do. Mm-hmm. Amazing book uh, from Frederick Lollock. So that's an amazing book. But again, I, I will do injustice if I keep on telling because mm-hmm. there's so much and I don't want to miss any big ones either. Mm-hmm. I want to take a step back and explore a little bit of your story to connect this um, piece all together. And the question that I'm curious about is you mentioned that you've written a book. As part of writing that process, what were you most afraid of when sharing your story? It, it's like, as always, probably being judged. But like I, at that point, you stop like, thinking about that because if you want to be out there with a message, you cannot stop yourself because people will judge you. So probably that was the reason, one of the reasons maybe I did procrastinate. But once I started writing the book and putting it together, that was not part of my life anymore. Like you are going to reach out to people who need your book, who wants to read the message. Some people will never be ready. Some people will love it. Some people will hate it. They will always be criticized if you're out there in the world with your writings, with your book, with whatever you post on LinkedIn, on social media. Uh, if you're a speaker like me, there's no way everybody will enjoy what you do or mm-hmm. or just like try to get something out of it. There's always going to be so much judgment. Mm. So once you get past that, that's when you write all the stuff and you start to be out there no matter what people think. So and and I love writing, so I didn't write my book to be part of my business or to lead to my business. That wasn't part of what I did actually, it was the answer to a question that I asked myself many, many times. Like, um, if there was any life after death, I would always ask, like, what would you regret the most if you mm. were to die today? And my answer was always the same. Not writing my book. Not writing my book. Because since I'm seven, I was, I'm reading a lot and I'm writing a lot. And it really happened because of my friends, because before blogs were invented, I was writing and sharing whatever I learned, whatever makes my life better. I have this urge to share that with everyone. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't want to hear it, I'm sharing anyways. So my friends who wrote, like read my blog said, like, why don't you put this into a book? Why don't you write a book? And that was something I always dreamed of. So at the end of the day, after reading Stephen Pressfield's book, I said, okay, I'm doing this because I have the same answer for the same question for 10 years now. I have Hmm. to do so. Yeah. So I'm grateful. And like, really, if I had something that happened to me today, just to have the book there to leave behind as my legacy, because it talks talks about the story that I shared with you, but also a lot of things that I learned that made my life better. So it makes me feel good that it's out there. Congratulations. That's amazing. How would you answer that question now? Oh, good question. Oh, maybe I should ask that question over again right now. But I think I would say, like, I still write, I'm writing another book now, mostly with purpose and leadership and why it matters so much in the world. So probably it's going to be about the book and also, like, speaking more and more and putting my messages out there more and more, which I'm doing so I don't feel bad. But I think the second book that I write on my own, I have a book that I co-authored, but that would be still very valuable. Mm-hmm. You want to leave something behind that's going to uplift others and 
be an inspiration for them to find their own life and create the life that they want. So I think it would be very related to my first answer. <laughs> mm. Final thought for today's episode, and this is a question that I ask all of our guests that come onto the show, mm-hmm. and that is, who or what are you grateful for today? So much, but I would say at my age, you see so many stories and hard stories to swallow. So I would say definitely my son's health, my husband's health, my health. And I lived a great life. I was able to meet amazing people along the way. And I'm adding more people like you to my network. So I'm very grateful for the people around me, my family, my friends and my community. Very Mm. grateful. Yeah. Brooke, how do people find you and what are some of the things that you have coming up that people can be a part of? So um, mostly I am active on social media. So LinkedIn, if you just type in Brooke Errol, then it, my profile should pop up because that's where I share most of the stuff I learn from others, from books mm-hmm. and everything. And then Brooke at purposeful.business is where they can reach me by email and I am doing a lot of workshops and there's going to be webinars and some live live workshops that I'm going to do, which I'm going to announce on LinkedIn too. So I don't have the exact date. So those are coming up pretty soon. So that would be the best. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for being a guest and thank you for sharing your story and challenging me with a set of questions. I I now know my next topic to write about (laughs) and um, it's a very thought-provoking question to begin with what mm-hmm. would we regret mm-hmm. the most if your life had ended now mm-hmm. um you know i think as part of that it's always there's another question that i've heard many many times and i think it is time for me to answer that question at this particular stage and, and continue to answer it and that is um what now Mm-hmm. And I think it's a question that we we should all ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. Um, you know it, it um, for me? It's one of the only questions that really makes you think about your growth. Yeah, yeah. You got here, uh, yeah. and then what now? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as part of that, it's also important to know that the things that have got you here are not the things that are going to get you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. So. Yeah. I appreciate you being on here and sharing your story, your wisdom. And um, for those that are listening, once again, please um, check out all the resources that Brooke had shared and the books and the people that have influenced her life. Yes, and thanks for having me. And I have to say, you are the youngest one that had me on a podcast. And I love young people like you who are, even if you're not aware, you're so purpose-driven because you have something that you want to share with the world and your own story and sharing other people's stories so that we learn from each other. That has so much value in my life. So I congratulate you for being so conscious at this age because I don't know what you're going to do at my age. Hmm. I wish I was like you at your age. I love this generation for that reason. I am so hopeful. And everything that I'm doing, even the force that is changing the world, including leadership, has a lot to do with your generation because you're asking the biggest questions much earlier in life. So Mm -hmm. continue what you're doing, and it's a pleasure for me to follow you and see what you're up to in in your life. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next week.